for the children who are going to youth camp. And uh, so go over there and support them. If you already have plans, all you need to do is go over there and give them $10 per person. And then go eat wherever you would like to go eat. But Because all they really are after is your money anyway. And so go over there and help them, support them. So don't forget that immediately after church. Again, we'd say we appreciate all of our guests that are here. Lord bless you for being in the house of God. Good to see Brother Jonathan here in church today. Lord bless him. Good to see all of our other guests. We have many other guests scattered across the building. Glad that you are all here. And I'm going to ask you to do something, if you will. We do not have stripes on the parking lot over at the gym, but I'm going to ask you, please, when you pull up there and park, we added, I think it was somewhere around 11,000 square feet of parking over there. There is plenty of room. The reason why we did that is where you could pull under the breezeway and make a circle without getting blocked in. Now, that will not work when you block the breezeway. Okay? So there's plenty of places to park over there. Please don't block the breezeway where people can go through and, uh, and they can make a turn and get back out and don't have to back into the post or the building or to your vehicle. Okay, so please help us with that. We'll have some stripes on the parking lot before long, and then it will tell you where not to park. But if there's a covered breezeway, that's not a parking spot. Okay. Thank you for that and your cooperation on that. And I want to tell you, I did see a vehicle this morning in that spot, Brother Allen, but you're not the only one that I'm talking to because I've seen more than one. So I know everybody's laughing at Brother Allen because he's getting thrown under the bus. But please help us. I appreciate the Golden Eagles yesterday went out and soared all the way to, um, to the picket house in Woodville, and so all of those who went on that trip, I'm sorry, we did not get to make it, and uh, <clears throat> by by the way that, that I am, I'm not sure if I'm a newborn baby or I'm turning elderly, because I can't eat my food without getting choked on it, I can't talk without coughing, and uh, I just imagine, I imagine the headlines of the Sealsby Bee. Pentecostal preacher chokes to death while eating chicken. <laughs> At least I could have you know, been doing something great like skydiving or somebody run over me on a bicycle or, or some crazy thing that happened, some freak accident, but died eating chicken. Danny Renault would have loved to put that in the paper. But <laughs> anyway... Second Chronicles chapter number 7 and verse number 12, the scripture said, And the Lord appeared unto Solomon by night, and he said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. Now, if you're familiar with this passage of scripture, you will find it is time that Solomon is dedicating the temple. And so he has made prayer and supplication unto God. It's a, quite a tremendous story of all the things that, that took place there at that dedication. Then the Lord answers, and he tells him, I have chosen this place, this house, 
uh, to be a house of my sacrifice. Now, verse number 13, he said, If I shut up heaven and there'll be no more, no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. Going back to verse number 14, the Scripture said, when all of these things take place, if my people which are called by my name. Amen. That's a very, very important phrase that is in the Bible. My people which are called by my name. Why don't you lay your Bibles down? Let's lift our hands, our voices toward heaven and ask God for His help today. God, we love you today. We thank you, Savior, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your blessings. Thank you for this service. Thank you, God, for what you have done for us, allowing us to come to your house. We ask you, God, that you would have blessed your word, anoint your word, anoint your messenger, anoint us, God, to hear, to receive, and to respond to your word. We pray it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Lord bless you. You may be seated for a short period of time. Hopefully. Maybe longer than what you want to be seated. But hopefully not. And uh, Brother Cooper, I brought this red bag up here today. And he asked me, he said, did you bring your lunch? I said, yes, sir. It's been a long time since I preached on Sunday morning. So in case I get hungry, I'll go over there and get me a snack. Know what those are? Those are keychains that I brought back from Alaska, uh, uh, by Alaska, made in China, um, that, that if you have not received one yet, they'll be setting up here after service. Feel free to come by and get one. I bought them for all of you. Should be plenty in there, so help yourself and uh, we do appreciate all that you have done for us. Probably tonight, hopefully tonight, um, I have requested that tonight uh, we would have some pictures to show you before service tonight. So uh, if all works according to plan, we'll do that. But the Scripture in the Word of God tells us that when all of these things shall come to pass, and uh, they are things that are brought, the, the Scripture makes it plain that God said, if I shut up heaven, so evidently it was uh, done by God and um, by the power of God that He had shut up heavens and allowed these things to come to pass. Or I command locusts to devour the land, or I send pestilence among my people. He said the reason why He would do this, He makes reference to the fact that the reason why He would do this is because of the sinfulness of His people. Then He says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face 
and turn from their wicked ways, if they would repent and turn from their wicked ways, he said, then I will I hear from heaven. He says that mine ear is attent unto the prayer that is made in this place. The prayer that is made into this place. Now, if you could hold on to that for a few moments and we'll get back to that. Uh, the good Lord willing. I have plans to get back to that, if all possible. But today in the world that we live in, how many has listened to the news or read the news or heard anything about the news here in the last few days? All the tragic circumstances that is playing out and uh, the chaos that is going on in the world today. We are living in a time I believe of crisis. It's not a crisis of money. It's not, uh, I don't think a crisis like the Great Depression was, but I think that we are in a crisis of moral breakdown in our society. And I think that that's a greater crisis than a crisis of money. Amen. Than a crisis of, of a, a, a hunger for food because of the time and the hour that we are living in. As I, as I look and I hear of things that is going on, I am a lover of America. I do love this country and uh, I do respect this country, but I, I hate the direction that, that we are going today. Uh, the direction of society. And uh, I, I want to talk about some of that before I give you the title of my sermon this morning and the direction that I will go from there. <clears throat> but uh, number one, the breakdown of family. I've already mentioned that this morning in the dedication of uh, Sister Lily and uh, to this family that she has been born into the breakdown of the family. And uh, I... I, I uh, look at this and, and the tragic uh, circumstances that children are placed in today. And uh, you that, that teach school or work with children would know this. And, and um, yesterday, uh, a lot of the young people got together and uh, <clears throat> they, they, um, they had a, a, a meeting at our house for all of those who went out on visitation yesterday. Uh, to try to, to, uh, encourage more to go out. And, uh, they had, I think, 12 young people, uh, that went out on visitation yesterday. Some could not go because they were working or different things. But, but as they gathered at the house, I was home when they come in and they started talking about some of the things that they had experienced. And, uh, uh, some, I, I don't know of any of the children in here today from Sunday school. I think they might have already, are they here? Okay, they've already taken them back. Uh, that's good because I'd like to comment on some of the things that they had seen here in this town. Uh, they go and pick up uh, a little boy and a little girl on Sunday morning. And uh, they said they don't even have windows in the house. The house has no door on it. The house has towels and sheets hanging over the windows. They went to pick them up and they had no shoes to put on their feet. And uh, I know that we live in America and we look at that like it's because of the parents. But, you know, the children couldn't choose where they were born into. And we have 
government helps that help them, and I think sometimes it only takes them into deeper poverty because it teaches people how to live on the bare minimum instead of searching out the American dream. So I'm not sure what the answer is today other than I know the answer is God. But see, in, in, in our environment that we live in, sometimes we, we, uh, we don't know that that is going on so close to us. Uh, we took pictures a few years ago uh, for an outreach program that we were doing here at the church. And uh, just like we would do on the mission field, the foreign mission field, and we showed them uh, on the screen here at the church, and we we had pictures, and and it really looked, looking at those pictures, it looked like we were looking at a foreign mission field. But we were looking at the streets of this very community that we live in, this small community. And when you go to larger communities, I... I, uh, on the way back from our trip, we uh, went to San Francisco and I rode down the streets and took a tour. Yeah, there's, there's beautiful homes, there's very wealthy people that live there, but there's another part of town also. And I looked and I, I promise you, when I opened my eyes, I thought that I was in a foreign country because I had not seen anything such as that. Because of the de- decay and the breakdown of families have led us to this kind of destruction. The next thing is the breakdown of moral law. That the society that we live in, and I give a lot of credit to Hollywood and the way that they portray life and the way that life should be, uh, produces a lot of this, but no morals in society today. Men with men, women with women, uh, men with multiple women and women with multiple men marrying and giving in marriage because the Bible says that this is the way that it would be in the last day. And so the breakdown of morals, there is no right and there is no wrong anymore. It's like the Bible said in the book of Judges, there was no ruler, there was no overseer, there was no prophet, and every man done what was right in his own eyes. The society that we are living in today is we have to be politically correct. And this book is not politically correct. If you have read it lately, you will find that there's a lot of things in there that is offensive. Amen. There's a lot of things in there that would make you blush. There's a lot of things in there that would make you upset if you were living in that kind of lifestyle. But today, everything has to be so politically correct that there is nothing that you could say. So every man does what is right in his own eyes. Supreme Court makes laws and passes laws by what is right in their own eyes. The government that is set up passes laws by what is right in government's own eyes and what society wants because those people are voted into office. So they got to do what their people that voted them in wants them to do. So they stick their finger in the air to see what direction the political wind is blowing before they cast their ballot on what direction they will vote. 
instead of having something that brings us back. Now, now when we go back to our founding fathers and what this country was built upon and what it was established on, I know that they were not all godly men. And I know that they were all not all good Christian men. They, Some of them were morally bankrupt. But they did have a book that they went by to set presidents and laws to, to govern us and to guide us. But today, we've taken that book out. So every man does what is right in his own eyes. The respect for authority has dwindled. The respect for authority starts by the respect for the ministry. And then when there is no respect for the ministry, there is no respect for the teacher. When there is no respect for the teacher, there is no respect for the law. When there is no respect for the law, there's no respect for, for the parents. When there is no respect for parents, there is absolutely no respect or no regard to God. Moral decay. Family breakdown. The breakdown of moral laws. The breakdown of respect for authority. You say, why, why you talk about these things? Because it's where we live. We better get a grip on how we live our life and how we raise our family in today's society. You see today, now I know that there is bad cops. Just like there's bad human beings. And I know today that cops probably sometime act out of the way and do things they should not do. I have had cops to stop me to where they made me feel like that I was a criminal when I was not a criminal. But they did not know that I was not a criminal. So I give them the honor and the respect that they deserve because you can't judge one are everybody by one's person's foolish actions or mistakes. I want to tell you, parents, teach your children how to respect the law and authority. They're not pigs. Now, now they might speed from donut shop to donut shop. But no. <laughs> But teach them to respect them. It's yes, sir, and no, sir. See, see, society don't, don't get that now. I've had, I've had people to, don't say yes, sir, to me. I said, man, if I didn't say yes, sir, to you, my daddy would come out of the grave and bust my hind in. Because that's the way I was taught. You say, oh, my kids don't have to say that. Yeah, maybe not. That might not be a big deal, but it ain't going to stop with yeah and no. Amen. Teach them to respect authority in their life. There has to be some kind of government. Now, I like the cop when he's pulled over the guy that just blowed me off the road, speeding down the highway. But if I want to drive 80, he shouldn't bother me. Amen. But we have to teach our children to respect authority. Amen. When we look at society, the love of sports, the God of this world. 
The love of sports is so strong. Now, I'm, I'm going somewhere. I'm taking a little time getting there, but maybe when I get there, I won't take a lot of time finishing up. But the love of sports is incredible in the society that we live in. The arenas that is built to worship the idol of sports, the God of sports. They are out there screaming and hollering, tearing off their clothes, falling over the bleachers, killing themselves. Now I want to tell you this, how strong the idol and the God of sports is. Just a few years ago, I believe it wasn't at West Orange Starks, that there was a young man that was playing football. And he died on the field playing football. Do you think they stopped the game? They hauled him off of the field, put somebody else on the field, and continued on because the game must go on. Oh, that's what he would want. Now, you let somebody get killed at a chemical plant, and they'll shut down all the operations of the plants until they investigate, until all the lawyers have their day, until they all get clearance. If you let somebody get killed on the interstate, it shuts down traffic for hours. But you see, people's priorities, the God of sports. Now, they build billion-dollar arenas, stadiums, to worship their idols. Just in the last few weeks, just maybe a week or so, I have read that in the NBA and free agency, there has been a half a billion dollars spent on people signing, teams signing free agents. That's just a few people that they have signed. A half of a billion dollars to a man that's going to run up and down the court. He's not going to change anybody's life for the better. He's not going to make a great impact in the world. He's going to play a few years and he's going to retire, maybe get into the Hall of Fame, and then nobody even remembers who he was or what he did. But you know what causes them to spend that money? Because people are so possessed by this. Now, they will pay the ball player millions and millions of dollars. I just read where a high, I think it was from Jasper, a high school kid had a $700,000 offer to play baseball. Turned it down, I think, to go to college. Good for him. Maybe he'll get a payday someday. But, but out of high school, $700,000 to play minor league baseball. When a teacher that's going to impact, now I ought to get some amens from the teacher since you got so quiet because I got on your little God there. But, but a teacher that is going to impact our children for a lifetime, that's going to teach them how to read, how to write, how to spell their name, how to talk, how to respect, 
teach them the qualities of life, how to add, how to subtract, how to make a living, that they only pay them not even a fraction of what somebody gets paid. Now, if you think this hasn't come to our neighborhood, check on the highest paid people at our schools. You will find that the majority of the highest paid, that's not only in in high operations, but of teachers, is coaches. What's the high, what is the most expensive classroom at Sillsby High School? It's the stadium. Our priorities are mixed up. Our hope is dwindling away. Now, if I was going to pay anybody, I'd rather pay somebody that has great effect in my children's life than I would some thug that can't even spell his name, but he can run a ball like there is no tomorrow. Or he can shoot a ball out of this world. He's a household name because of his ability to do that. But what have they done in society to better life or to help life? Now, there is a few that has accomplished great things and went on to make a great impact in the world. But I'm talking about the majority is very, 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 very. They spend their money before they retire and a lot of them's on drugs and have blown their mind and don't even know how to cope with society and the things of life. Amen. We have to get our priorities back in play. People cannot tell right from wrong. People don't know what is right and what is wrong anymore. I didn't know. I, I, you should, well, I, I didn't know that... We have got to teach them right from wrong. Society has said anything that feels good to you or looks good to you, you just go ahead and do it and you go ahead and indulge in it. I want to tell you, things that all feel good and look good on the outside carries a price and a consequence. What is happening today is it's time to pay the piper. For our actions previous to these days. Amen. Cannot tell wrong from right. I read a story. My wife, when I come in yesterday, she said, you got to read this story. So this morning, before I was getting ready for church, I picked up the newspaper and I read this story of this young lady. I think she was 13 years old. If I'm... I am correct about that, but some somewhere in there. And she was asking the question, said, what do I do? My mother is very religious. She is into God, and she's into the Bible. And she has raised me to be so. But she takes the Bible as literal. And I don't really look at it that way. Now, what does that mean? That means being actual. Such. That means, that means that without a doubt, it is the infallible truth. It is the Word of God. My, my mama takes it 
as literal, but I don't look at it like that. And this advice that this person was given, this young person, a grown adult says, would just hold on, you're, you're a child now, but one day you will turn into an adult and you can do whatever feels good to you and whatever you want to do. I want to tell you today, without this book being taken as the infallible Word of God, there is no moral law for society and where we live today. How does that come about? I want to tell you how it comes about, church. Don't blame it on the preacher. Don't blame it on the teacher. Sometimes a parent has to take the responsibility and says, As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to believe the Word of God. As for me and my house, I'm going to teach my children how to live, how to act, how to conduct themselves, how to be a productive citizen in the society in the world that we live in today. The Bible is without a doubt factual. Amen. People say, oh man, you put your faith in the Bible. I tell you, I'm basing my eternity on what this Word of God says. If this is wrong, I have no hope. If this is not true, I have no hope. But I am basing my eternal life and salvation. I believe every word in it. I believe every scripture in it. I believe you have to obey every word that is written in the word of God. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Amen. It says you must repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I come to tell you today, church, it's still the truth. It's still the word of God. Let's get back to the basics of serving God. Let's get back to the basics of life. Let's get back to the word of God. God. Let's get back to trusting the Word of God, living the Word of God, placing the Word of God in our life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is comparisons that we can look at and we can compare our society. There is one I've said this over and over. Maybe you might know who said it. I can't remember offhand who said it. But if we do not study, or if we do not learn, or if we do not pay attention to history, we are sure to repeat history. Amen. They take out parts of our history book of this country. We're going to go right back and do the same thing over again if we're not careful. And we do not pay attention to what was done before. Now we can look in the Word of God. And you can look in history today. And find that there was an empire called the Roman Empire. The most powerful nation uh, that has ever, I guess, that probably ever existed. It was conquering the entire world. But look at the downfall 
of what caused the crash and the crumble of such a powerful, powerful empire. Amen. Number one, it was moral corruption. The moral law seemed to fade away. It seemed to hold no importance. Again, it was corruption in government. There was no one that could be trusted. They were taken here. They were stealing here. This one was doing that. This one, there was no one that you can trust. There was corruption in government. Another big thing that was part of their downfall, you know what the Romans was popular for? They was popular for having a good time. They was popular for building what is known as Colosseums to have their sport. Now, their sport may have been a little bit different than our gladiators of today, but they had their gladiators of those days. And what their gladiators was for the majority of the time was the torture and the killing of Christians. Amen. The killing of human beings. And if we're not very careful, church, look what this society has come to. Amen. Destruction, killing, sport. They, they, they have things that's called now. I don't know what, what the title of it is. I know they got some kind of title, but, but it, they, they put these men in cages and they just beat each other unconscious. Blood flying everywhere. Video games promoting just beating each other unconscious. We are going back to that empire. And what happened then? It crumbled. Because the Word of God tells us in Psalms chapter 9 and verse number 17, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and the nations that Forget God. Amen. I want to tell you today, church, we have got to get back to loving God. Amen. We have got to get back to trusting God. We have got to get back to the things of God. We have got to get back to the commandments of God. We have got to get back to the house of God. We have got to get our hands back in the hand of God. Bible tells us, woe unto those who call evil good and good evil. They did not know how to discern the difference from good and bad. Now, with all of that said, I want to talk to you today. Don't get scared. Because I'm just now giving you my title. There is hope. There is hope. There is hope. When we look at the bleakness of society, when we look at the current president, and then whoever might follow him, the two that it looks like we will be choosing from, there's not really a good choice. There's nothing that gives you a feeling that things are going to get better. There's nothing that gives you a feeling like 
things are going to start looking up now. We can get someone in there that's morally correct. We can get someone in there that, that has a handle on things, but it does not look like that from this point. So I want to tell you, my hope is not in politics. My hope is not in the ability of society by itself. Amen. But my hope is in a higher power. My hope is something not of this world, but of another world. I want to tell you today, church, the devil would like to get you down. The devil would like to make you feel down and out in despair without any hope or direction. But I want to tell you when you're in the house of God, amen, when you've got a hold of God's hand, there is still hope. Amen. There is still hope. There's going to come a better day. Amen. It's not over yet. It's only just begun. God's still on the throne and God is still in control. Hallelujah. 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 I'm reminded of a woman that was not, she didn't come from the right side of town. And she didn't have everything going her way. But the Bible says in John chapter 4 and verse number 3, And he left Judea, speaking of Jesus, and departed again into Galilee. And verse number 5 he said, And he must needs go through Samaria. Now, Samaria was not the good place to be. If you would take it as such, it was not the right side of town for the religious leaders to be hanging out on. Amen. But Jesus said, it's needful that I go through Samaria. Amen. And when he got to Samaria, he was sitting by Jacob's well. And there come a woman that was not a righteous or a holy woman. And he said unto her, and he began to talk with her and he began to commune with her and he said give me a drink of the water of the well and she said well I I can help you out a little bit but Jesus said if you had known who you were talking to you would not have offered me a drink but you would have said could you give me she said you have nothing to dip with he said oh but I'm not talking about Jacob's well there's a well of living water I come to tell you today Jesus told told her all the wrong that she had done. He told her the wrong that she had been part of. He told her that you don't have one husband, but you have five husbands, and the one that you're living with now is not your own. Amen. But Jesus did not leave her without hope. I'm glad today that when God came to me, He didn't leave me without hope. Amen. But He said, I know where you've been. I know what you've done. I know what you said. I know what you've been part of. But I come to tell you today, I've got some hope. Amen. My hope is in the Lord. My hope is in the house of God. Hallelujah. Whosoever drinketh of this water that I shall give him He shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well, a well 
of water springing up into everlasting life. I'm going to give you something that's going to last. It doesn't matter who the president is. It doesn't matter what they're doing. It doesn't matter how big the chaotic situation is. It doesn't matter what you're facing in life. How do you make it? I got a well that is springing up on the inside of me. Amen. It's a well of living water. And the devil did not give it. And the devil can never take it away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The hope for this world is abiding in the ship of Zion. Oh, that old ship of Zion. That old ship of Zion. If it come get ready to play, I'm about done. Amen. That old ship of Zion. That old ship of Zion, it's still the true ship. It's still the good ship. It's still the proven ship. Amen. What were they doing yesterday? These young people that were out on outreach, what were they doing? They were giving some hope out to a generation that is hopeless. Amen. A generation that their hope is in drugs and alcohol and all kinds of ungodliness. But they say, hey, 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 there's another way. Amen. Come to the house of God. Get in the old ship of Zion. Let them call us old fogies. Let them call us holy rollers. Let them call us the Pentecostals. Let them call us whatever they want to call us. But I want to tell you what's going to happen when Jesus calls me. I'm going to be gone out of here because I'm going to get in the old ship of Zion. Amen. I'm going to stay in the old ship of Zion. I'm going to keep holding on to the rails of the old ship of Zion. That's where my hope is at. Paul was on a journey. Amen. Paul was on a journey. Storm came up. He was in a ship. Then, fearing lest we should have fallen upon the rocks, they cast out four anchors of the stern and wished for the day. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea under color, as though they would have cast anchors out for the ship. They were about to sneak out of the ship. They were trying to go out and nobody knew that they were getting off. Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, except These abide in the ship. You cannot be saved. So what did you come to say today, preacher? I said all those words to get to this point right here. It's no time to be in distress. It's no time to backslide. It's no time to be on the edge. It's no time to be undecided. 
It's no time to be wishy-washy in and out and up and down and around and about. Amen. But the Word of God says, except ye abide in the ship. Where did I want to be in the storm? Let me get in the house of God. Amen. The Scripture said that I read from my text that when the world of chaotic situations is coming all around you, if you get to the house of the Lord, and if my people which are called by my name, I want to tell you today, that's the reason why it's important to take on the name of Jesus in water baptism, because you're called by His name. My people which are called by my name, if they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven. I tell you, I've got my mind made up today. I'm going to stay in the ship of Zion. Come what may, come what will. I'm just going to stay in the church. Let's all stand today. Clap your hands unto the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Clap your hands unto the Lord right now. Shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. Oh, give God some praise in His house right now. It's amazing in time of hardship, in the time of problems, in the time of chaos, the devil will try to talk you out of the house of God. But I want to tell you, as we see that day approaching, let's get all into church. Let's get all into God. Let's get all committed to God. Let's get all enthused about God. Don't leave the church. Don't leave the ship of Zion. Don't walk out of the house of safety. Don't leave the place where there is hope. There's no hope in this world. But there is hope in God. Hallelujah. 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 Hope is not in your job. It's not in your bank account. It's not in your ability. Because there will be one day you will not have a job. There'll day will come when your money won't be worth anything. But I got my hope and my confidence in God. There is still hope. There is hope to a lost and a dying world. You young people that's raising families, I still consider myself there. I'm still raising a family. You young people that is raising families, I've heard those say, How can you bring a child into this horrible world? You can bring a child into this horrible world and train that child to someday grow up and change this horrible world. You just keep on enjoying life, young couples. Saints of God, keep on enjoying life. Don't let the problems of life get you down. Don't let them destroy your relationship. But to do that, you got to stay in the house. You got to stay in the church. You got to stay in the ship. Lest you abide in the ship, you're going to be destroyed.
How do I do it? How do I smile? I tell you the way I smile is because I'm in the old ship of Zion. Everything's going to work out for the good of them that love the Lord, who are the called according to His purpose. I'm still holding on to the promises of the Word of God that said He'll never leave me, He'll never forsake me, but He'll go with me all the way even unto the end of the world. Before we are dismissed this morning, I want you to step out from where you're standing. Let's make our way to this front right now. Let's reach out to God. We need God's help. We need God's directing hand. We need God's mercy. We need God's peace. If you're going through a storm of life right now, I know one that can speak peace in your storm. He is the peace speaker. But you just got to stay in the ship. You got to stay in the boat. You got to stay in the church. The church is where there is hope. The church is where there is help. The church is where there is. Hallelujah. I have hope in the Lord. It's a beautiful hope. I put my trust in God the Lord. God sets me free. Oh, yes, Jesus. I have hope. Why don't you sing it unto the Lord right now? Comes my way. I have hope. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm going to stay in the house of God. I'm going to stay in the house of God. I'm going to stay in the house of God. Oh, when it's not well with me, I'm still going to stay in the church. Don't leave the ship. This is where there is hope. This is where there is help. Hallelujah, Jesus. When trouble comes my way. Jesus has come to stay. I have hope, oh yes. When things they are not well with me, I have hope. I have hope when trouble comes my way. Trouble comes my way.